Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on some headphones. I'm sorry for moving from Y to A at this time, but I did not have a ready Z. And I have some great guests for A. So today, the letter is A, and A is for authority transfer. Authority transfer is used in place of power exchange by many people as they see power as remaining with the individual and what is being exchanged is the authority over the person and the authority over all of them. Today, I'm joined by Master Seku and Slave Luna, Mama's Son and Mama's Moon. They are a heterosexual monogamous leather master-slave couple that live in Denver, Colorado. They're active in the various Colorado communities and served as 2016 Colorado master and slave. Together, they are founding members of the Leather Houses of Color Coalition and the Lighthouse BDSM Community Phone-In. Slave Luna is the co-director of Mass Denver Females Chapter and Denver Metro Community Liaison for the Hard Pink Sisterhood. Master Seku and Slave Luna look forward to connecting and sharing their master-slave dynamic with others. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's start out with a good definition of authority transfer, because most of the people listening who know anything about this probably are more familiar with the idea of power exchange. Well, the reason why we, um, we don't like to utilize the term power exchange is because it infers that my, my slave is lessened by the fact that she has given power, her internal innate power, she gives it to me. And that happens only in scenes or play. In her play, she may give me power over her if she's bound or if she's um, restricted. But she, in her day-to-day existence, she never loses or is diminished in her power. Um, Part of our core belief is that our relationships, our partnerships, our pairings, our dynamics, our couplings are mutually empowering, enriching, and uplifting. I feed into her, she feeds into me. Power exchange kind of insinuates that there is a flow from one person to the other. And if you take something away from one person and add it to another person, that original person is left diminished. And that is no part of what we do. 
Now that makes sense to me. Um, I think where people get confused when they first are being exposed to these concepts is the idea that somehow submissives are all um, not powerful people, they're all doormats, they all desire to be passive, um, which of course, as you are aware, is couldn't be farther from the truth. Most of the submiss submissive women that I know are really powerful in their day-to-day -day lives in their own right, and in fact have to work for that surrender. They have to choose that surrender at every step of the way. So the idea of transferring authority makes much more sense coming from that perspective than giving away that power. You and I, you and I both are familiar with slave lamb. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, as well as I know that slave lamb is a, a decorated member of the military. Yep. That has uh, dominion over the lives of countless young men and women as far as they they move into different theaters of operations yada 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 um government agencies come to this this person and ask for their input yep that's a lot of weight mm -hmm. i mean you can if you can imagine the mental image of atlas sitting crouched supporting the world that is slave lamb's day today so why does slave lamb identify as a slave if they are capable of shouldering the weight of the world? Because that shit's heavy. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, after shouldering the weight of the world, you want to put it down. You'd like to set the weight of the world down, and if only for one evening a week or two hours a day or um, two days a month, just be able to be told what to do to be accountable only for your own actions and to only have to answer to one individual. That is some of the unseen, unthought about it, unconsidered blessings of identifying as a S type. You can negotiate where you are only accountable to one person and for the actions that they have given you to take and that that can be for someone who's so powerful that can be such a blessing also just because you are in a position of power doesn't mean that you like that position mm -hmm. some people serve best from the front mm -hmm. some people are in positions of power not because they crave the power they like the power they like having all the authority because they want to make sure the service is rendered the best and how better to serve if you are dictating every step of the service and how it gets done and making sure it gets done appropriately. So sometimes people that you think are dominant people actually are people who like to serve. They just want it done correctly. So they get in these high powerful positions, but it's being uh, occupied from an altruistic service center. You're talking about me, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, power is exhausting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert by heart and I am a forced extrovert because I own a company and I have to lead a group of women every single day. And I have to lead in marketing and all these things that I do for a business. And then at home, I'm the mom of five 
five kids and that just, it's never ending and it's exhausting. Um, and as an introvert, my happy place is inside, not outside. And so I, I like to be in power in certain situations because like you said, you want to get it done right. Um, when I go to, we have gone to several high protocol dinners and there's someone in charge of the dinner. There's usually an S type in charge and the powerful person inside of me usually wants to take over because it's not being done right in my opinion. <laughs> and the, the nice thing about um, being an S type is that, and being like, you know, only answering to his directive is that I don't have to, even though I want to, I don't have to, I'm not in that position of, I have to take over. Um, I want it done right. But at the same time, I'm just there to do what I've been assigned to do. And that is, um, that keeps me from overexhausting myself. Plus I just, I, at the end of the day, I don't want to be in charge of every single aspect of everything. It's tiring. It's exhausting. <laughs> and part of my role as master is to uh, give permission to do just that. If she has difficulty um, restricting herself from her desire to, uh, and again, it's, it's not, megalomania or 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 or, or, or uh, obsessive compulsion it's accountability if you said you want a uh, high protocol dinner and you're saying that you are using protocol uh presentation of of plates and service and things of that nature and your understanding of that is that the fish fork doesn't need to come out there should only be uh, one knife and two forks this one in her mind, she goes back to what is the name of that book? Oh, um, Emily. Yeah, Emily. Yeah. Post. Emily Post. Emily Post. Emily Post, and it's it's it's. Uh, yes, I know it. She goes right don't back. We <laughs> well, right. you know, lots of people don't actually. <laughs> you, She's like, this is not the right amount of cutlery, so oh. she wants to fix it. Well, that's not her job. Her job is to be there in a service capacity to to um, tend to my needs, not to run the affair. And right. I give her permission to not engage in fixing things. And again, sometimes that's all you need is someone to remind you that you don't have to put that cape on every day. Well, if you are that type of person that does seek to, you know, fix things or um, to take charge or take control because you just naturally, you know, it's my natural instinct, like you said, to just go and say, that's not right. Let's fix this. Um, then it's very easy for you to get pulled into those situations by other people. And, you know, instead of when I at least have the permission to say, nope, that's not, that's not my directive. That's not my order. Um, and it keeps me from being put into positions by other people to overexert myself or overcommit. Well, and I think that's so important because so many of us are control freaks and, totally. you know, I know for me, if I'm in a situation 
I'll be aware of everybody's emotions. I'll be aware of where all the tensions are. I'll feel like I need to hold the space, which, which, um, and, and maintain an area of safe space for anybody that needs it. And you can't do that indefinitely. You collapse. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, so I know that in my surrender, that's not something that I need to do. I'm not responsible for that. Yeah. He's the one who has the authority. I don't have to be responsible for that. And for me, that's always, it's a relief. And sometimes I, I think it's, it's like, sometimes I don't know how much I'm carrying until he tells me to put it down. Mm. And oh, then you, totally. look, you look back and you're like, God, I had all that in my hands. Right. Or mm-hmm. I had that. I, I likened it to the uh, juggling analogy. It's hard to see how many balls you have in the air because you're concentrating on the one that's going up. Mm-hmm. But when you put them down, you're like, damn, I had 17 balls up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was only accountable for three. But being the super uh, service oriented person that I am, balls kept going up and I moved underneath them to, to add them in. I just kept adding them in. I didn't realize that I was already juggling two chainsaws, four knives and 17 balls. And you don't realize it until, like you said, you don't realize it because you're focused on the one going up or you realize it when they all come falling down on you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it, it, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, sir. So what I, again, and what we do as far as authority transfer, um, the differentiation that I make constantly is that I do not do power exchange with my slave. I own her. She has transferred authority over her conduct, character, and action to me. Um, I will negotiate power exchange into scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, let me make that clear. I don't scene with my girl unless it's at an event and someone's asked us to perform something. I play with my girl. Why? Because she's mine. I know all of her ins and outs, what makes her giggle, what makes her wince. I know how hard it it is to make her cry when she needs to cry. And I know how easy it is to make her cry when she doesn't need to cry. I play with her. I seen with other people. Mm -hmm. Now, people don't understand the difference. So my assessment is this. Think of a movie. If you see a movie and it seems like there is a pedophilia in that movie, somebody wanted pedophilia in that movie. Why? Every action in that movie was scripted. It went through rewrites. It went through edits and everything from the, where the coffee mug is to the fact that the young lady that's supposed to be 12 has a halter top on and booty shorts was written wardrobe was made it was put on the actress hopefully she isn't actually 12 and that's how it was presented then it was filmed someone looked at it they edited it out they reshot it and by the time you looked at it it was exactly the way they envisioned it that's what we do when we engage with other people we should have negotiated heavily exactly what the outcome was going to be mentally physically and emotionally we should have engaged what myriad of implements we should be uh, utilizing. What are the hard limits, the soft limits, and what deal breakers exist? Okay, so I script all of that out. I also have to maintain my character. 
if I am the hyper aggressive, but soft spoken top, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be in your ear saying those mean spirited things that you want to hear, or I'm going to be saying the nice reassuring things that you want to hear, or I'm going to be yelling at you from far away because that's what you said turns you on. But it's, it's really about engaging in the fantasy or the desire or the need of the bottom who is in control and has scripted out this scene and I'm going to play that part. So that's why I utilize scene for engaging with other people because it is their scene that I'm enacting and I get to play um, with my girl because she's given me that authority to play with her. And, you know, that's why I like to keep um, those terms separate because I will negotiate a power exchange with the bottom. I will say during this time, during the course of this scene, it sounds like you want to take control of you. If they say yes, I say, okay, well, we're going to negotiate a power exchange for the term of this two hour scene. I will take power over you and I will enact this script upon you. At the end, I am going to return power to you. And through the process of the negotiated terms of aftercare, you will be returned to autonomy over yourself. That is the agreement. That allows me to call red on a scene if you start departing from a script, like there is no physical um, intimacy involved in the script. And in this, the frenzy of the scene, you reach out and you stick your head underneath my kilt. Okay, that's a red. That's not a yellow. That's a red. Why? Because you obviously aren't adhering to the script and you may not be in a place that you are still giving consent because you're acting on impulse, not mm -hmm. on the contents of the script. So it makes it real easy for me um, to protect myself and to protect the bottom. Right. So that's an interesting um, um, separation for me. I think um, because there are more people that I play with than just, I mean, and, and not just because I'm polyamorous, just because people that I have, a, a longer term tight energy connection with I play with they play with me we have interactions that I would uh, that that are really more uh, more fluid mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of scening um, I do a bit and those are usually pretty heavily negotiated beforehand but once people that we call family you know they'll mess with me and that's okay we have an agreement about the messing and you know, it's discussed, you know, how far you can go and it's discussed and it's fine. Um, and so for, it's a really interesting distinction because you're, you're doing, you're transferring a certain amount of authority and a certain amount of power for a very, in, in a very scripted and limited fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's got a box to it. Mm -hmm. And both people know when that time is going to end and that's really got a completely different feel to an ongoing relationship with someone well, that involves some transfer of authority. We, you always have to be vigilant because um, us being in a, a power exchange relationship, excuse me, an authority transfer uh, dynamic, 
and a power exchange relationship because we're married. So under the tenets of the law, outside of BDSM, we have a power exchange because marriages are power exchanges. They're pretty much, you know, you are signing on to allow this person to have power over this aspect of your life. She has power over my cock. I have uh, uh, power over her vagina. She has power over some of my finances. I have power over some of her finances. You know, that's what a marriage is for a lot of people. Um, But we have an authority transfer dynamic that actually was established before our marriage. We were master and slave before uh, we became husband and wife. So any scene that I do, I have to be cognitive of the person that's not there. Yes. Um, I have to, and this is what differentiates us being monogamous from uh, some people that are poly that have kind of a more cavalier um, uh, approach to it. Um, Meanwhile, some people do have the same kind of strict adherence. I have to always remember, I have a partner in life, in kink and in vanilla, who has a certain expectation for my conduct. Mm -hmm. So within the confines of the negotiation of top and bottom, within the, the fulfillment of my desires to, um, to be valued, to be utilized, and to please another person, bet- in with that other person stuff, I have always have my slave's expectation. It could be hot and kinky for me to fall into someone's mouth it could be hot and kinky. Like this place in this script could be perfect with me falling into their other orifices. However, that's not in her script with me. Mm-hmm. So I can go so far, even as master. But with responsibility and with master and slave, we talk in terms of responsibility and surrender with responsibility for my slave surrender, which was rendered unto me under the auspice that she has me sexually, intimately, as far as a penetration perspective, all to herself. I agreed to that term. So if I go forward into a scene um, and it, it, it could be wonderful. Again, sometimes you edit the movie for the audience. You know, I want a PG-13 rating, but there's a sex scene. Well, guess what? I'm going to show them turning their faces to one another and moving in close. And as they open their mouths and turn their head, I'm going to fade that light. Why? Because I want to keep my, ins- I don't want that R rating. I want to keep my PG-13 rating. If your mind can't make that leap to the, the fact that they, Close the scene with their heads coming together, and then they got the next scene open with them fixing their clothes. Guess what? I'm sorry, but I need to augment that scene. But it's, I mean, I think it's a really interesting point because, as, as a person in a polyamorous marriage, um, I st- our rules because we're also in an authority transfer relate dynamic, so our rules I can't go do whatever I want. Sometimes it appears to people that I can. I have, there are select people that I can do whatever I want with, without having- After you get permission. Well, because I already have permission for certain people, right? There's always permission. There's always a discussion. And I don't do anything 
even if I have permission without considering the impact on him. And he doesn't do anything without considering the impact on me. Right. But if you're watching and you don't know what our agreement is, because I'm often at places by myself. So like the last event I was at, you know, I was running around. I could have gotten up to anything. I got up to stuff afterwards, not during it. But it would appear that I, I just can do what I like. And actually, there's an entire structure that's behind it. There's always three, at least three people or more involved in a scene, even if it's only a top and a bottom. There is the top, the bottom, and the audience, whoever's watching. Yeah. Well, there's always four with me. Mm -hmm. If I'm single by myself, there's four people involved because my slave is always there with me because, I mean, she's always there. She's a part of me. She belongs to me. Even when she's not physically present, um, she's there. If you're in a polyamorous relationship, you're never doing a, 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 a scene with just top and bottom, even if you're in a room by yourself, if you're in a room by yourself and you're top and bottom, you've got the person that's engaged in the polyamorous relationship with you, the person, other person, possibly the other person that's involved with the other person and their other person. Then you have the people that are involved with those people. It can be very complicated. Mm -hmm. um, relationship math, when we start adding people, mm -hmm. um, we talk about MS math. When you have a relationship, a, a traditional romantic relationship, you tend to have one person plus another person. And you have a relationship, just one relationship. If you become polyamorous, then you have three relationships. Or more. Or more. Well, you think you have three relationships, but you don't because you have your relationship with the two individuals. That's one, two. Then you have their interaction, their relationship with each other. That's three. Then you have their, their relationships with anyone else there in a relationship. And further metamors, and it goes on. Also, you have the relationship of the group together. Because mm -hmm. even though you have a relationship individually with those two and they have a relationship with each other individually, they may have a different sort of relationship with you, the two of them together with you, because you could have a hierarchical relationship where one person has seniority. Well, and that's, I mean, so that for me, one of the things that's always fascinating is, so for me, I'm sexually submissive full stop, right? I don't switch. I don't top. It doesn't happen. It never has happened when I've tried. It's been embarrassingly funny. It's just not me. So yeah, what that yeah. means is, is that even if I am in a relationship with um, someone that isn't, that doesn't involve authority transfer, there is still some. Right. Per because need. in the bedroom, because that's how I am. And actually out of the bedroom as well, because I'm service oriented. So certain things will happen in terms of my nature. My nature will be there. It just won't be negotiated. It won't be the same. Right. But I'm in one hierarchical relationship. Now, I have been in more than one at the same time. And that was... That's complicated. It was, it was complicated. Um, it was complicated 
more so by the personality of one of the people than it was it was made more difficult by one of the personalities <laughs> um, but because there was a discussion about well you know if, if you're going to submit when you're with me and you submit when you're with him and then if there's a choice between the two what's the choice it's like okay so you know i wear this collar and i'm at the time i was engaged and i'm engaged to this person who i share my life with so if there's any question about where who ultimately has authority over me that's the person that ultimately has authority over me which one the person i married you know that's so not always the case but no it's so, not so but you had but to define that in my situation it was he delegated limited authority to her now but, the reason but, why i said with polyamory because i hadn't moved into ms yet well yes polyamory still infers like marriage in a monogamous sense that we all are equals when you get into authority transfer uh, relationships or um, uh, power exchanges, if you have, like, like my slave and I, uh, we were master slave before marriage. So our MS is more important than our marriage. The marriage was an afterthought. For us, say we were to be poly. Okay, so if there's another slave that comes along, my girl being as dominant as she is, as far as vanilla, might appear to them as dominant. They may want to serve her. So if they serve under, under her, she is my slave, yet she is someone else's dominant who might be dominant over someone else yes and then you have the problem becomes the property of my property is my what is that my slave well it i mean it's negotiate i mean it depends you know and it might not be they might be dominance themselves so the property of my property's property becomes what to me exactly i mean it's com it's complicated and it highlights for me how much conversation and how much thought needs to go on when you're deciding what you want to do in this sphere, that it really requires a lot of self-knowledge and ongoing self-knowledge and a lot of discussion mm -hmm. if it's not going to become a clusterfuck. Something that you discussed with me one time, um, to toot your horn, um, you t discussed with me how you assist people with doing a needs assessment. Mm -hmm. And so many people have no idea what their needs are. And it's the equivalent, equivalent of going to the grocery store hungry. You mm -hmm. went in hungry with no idea what you wanted. You came out with $200 worth of crud just because you were doing impulse buys and grabbing everything that, that you didn't even eat when you got home. You got home, you drank some water, and you went to sleep. But you bought $200 worth of stuff. Um, if you don't do a needs assessment and clearly define what it is, in fact, that are your innate, inalienable needs that must be fulfilled, and then you find out what your wants are. 
And then you kind of identify cravings that aren't, you know, quite once, but, you know, they're pretty strong and reoccurring. And then lastly, your desires. Like, you know, yeah, this would be cool, but I don't have a craving for it. I don't really want it. And I know I don't need it, but if it happens, it'd be hot. Along with that, over here, not limits, deal breakers. Before you even get to limits, you need to find out that if this person does this, I flee. And then you can have a roadmap to try and have a greater chance of having success at what you want to do. And you notice what I said, a roadmap to try to have a greater success at what we do. Not guaranteed success. No, well, there's no guarantees. People. There's people involved in all of this. And we are complex creatures. And complicated. Yep. And fickle. Oh, true. (laughs) Oh, true. We're fickle, but we don't deal with change very well, usually. Also true. I think that's another thing that's interesting in this in 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 this type of dynamic is that um, there's more structure. There can be. You know, um, it doesn't mean I'm not I'm not talking about um, overstructure. Like nobody micromanages me. I'm the micromanager's worst nightmare. <laughs> i'm right there with you you know i mean i think it's a thing and this is the thing about um about um the pace at which you work and the pace at which you move and i am actually quite fast paced in certain areas and so you want to micromanage me i'm on to the next thing it'll drive it'll drive somebody nuts i i was partnered with somebody for a short period of time who was a micromanager it didn't go very well but there is more structure in as much as I know that because I am handing over or surrendering authority, that he is going to be responsible for creating that overarching structure. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, there's for, for me, a sense of safety in that. Totally. The thing of it is... One of the greatest assets of what it is we we can do is one of the greatest detriments at the same time. Um, the fact that for all of this to work, people need to be authentic and transparent. Mm-hmm. They also need to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to use the terms that we operate by in our authority transfer, um, our authority-based relationship is built on the fact that I have assumed responsibility for the surrender of my slave and my slave has surrendered into my responsibility for her. If I say that I can shoulder that weight of her surrender, not knowing my own capabilities, not expressing my own limitations, not Um, being aware of my own trepidations and fears um, and idiosyncrasy, um, it it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because I have not given informed consent to the responsibility that I'm embracing. So now I said, I'm going to be there with you no matter what. 
great. We start having amazing sex. We're doing hot S&M scenes. We're doing high protocol. Da, 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 da. She gets cancer. Well, I don't like hospitals. Well, I can't dump her off on the side of the road because I've got to spend time in hospitals. Guess what? I probably should have faced that and made her aware of that along the line because she might have known that she had a predisposition for cancer. And there's a chance, slim, but there, since my mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother all had cancer, and some people say cancer is hereditary, that I might get cancer. She might have told me that. She might have cho- uh, elected to surrender to a different type of person if I had made that uh, apparent. But I have to be aware of things in order to profess things so that people can give informed consent or make decisions with the proper amount of information. If I'm not saying that, hey, I don't like uh, 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 scat. Mm-hmm. And I get with someone that is into enemas and anal and all kind of rectal play. And I assume responsibility for them. I better be prepared to outsource everything dealing with that region in order to fulfill the need of the person that I said I would fulfill those needs. And if they're not open to being outsourced, I screwed up because I took responsibility for someone that has a core kink that's not in my wheelhouse. Now that's really interesting because I, I think people, that's an area that people um, even in in our world and our dynamics have difficulty talking about is what happens when your core kinks are mismatched. What are you going to do? If you decide you're going to be with this person, if you decide you're going to surrender to this person, you decide this, you're going to take responsibility for this person. What do you do when there's that match? Because outsourcing is always a possibility, but lots of people don't even consider that because of- because they're still carrying those vanilla um, those vanilla limitations on their on their really hot kink. Um, we have the possibility. I mean, we have robots now. Male and female now, eventually. I remember back in the 90s, there were always these female sex bots. And I was like, well, what about the men? What if you're a girl or a homosexual male and you want something that doesn't get tired, something that doesn't talk back, something that doesn't lie, something that doesn't cheat? Where was your robot? Now they have male robots. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get a male robot. You can get... um, You can get... Okay, so I had someone that, that came to me and they wanted to do a gangbang. Their their wife wanted a gangbang. And they were like, but we're monogamous and I can't deal. I mean, this is like making me crazy. I can't deal with the thought of another male being in my wife. And I don't want to lose her, but I can't get my head around it. I was like, do you play with toys? Yeah. I said, okay. Have you ever done a uh, rape scene or a home invasion scene? No. So I explained what that was first. I explained what you could do. The fact that you could remove senses by blindfolding them. And I asked him if he knew what a strap-on was. And he still didn't get where I was going. I said, do you realize that they sell every size member 
known to human nature. And some and not you, known. And some <laughs> unknown because right. there's some that are like <laughs> tentacles and everything else. I said, you alone, depending on how you sell the fantasy and how you orchestrate the scene, you can give the impression with three different condom wrapped attachments and yourself a glove on one hand and an ungloved hand on the other and some positioning in a blindfold that she's being gang banged and i explained it to him and he tried it and she loved it to the point that she actually got freaked out fought back took the blindfold off and was relieved that it was only him. And what did it was he used the different size members and they all had condoms on. So you couldn't really tell, you know, that it wasn't flesh and finished with himself bare inside of her and ejaculated. And that made her fight because it just triggered that this is real someone just orgasmed inside of me i may be pregnant i don't know if, what the hell's going on yeah. i gotta get out of here she looked at him it was great but you have to have that kink awareness that broad breath of perspective to be creative to create the scenes that fulfill the needs that you don't want to have naturally occur but you, ha- yeah, you have to be creative. You have to be willing, to right? There. You have to be willing to go there. And my experience is that the place where people get stuck is that they're not willing to go there. Or they need, again, sometimes in DS or MS or pony trainer or pup handler, they need permission to go there. Mm-hmm. A lot of pups need permission to actually go out and buy a hood, some pads, and crawl around on the floor all the time. Why? Because society has said that that's not what you're supposed to do past childhood. Um, some people that are, or, in, or at all, some people that are in swing, they get into DS or MS so that they can get permission to be quote unquote slutted out. I was a husband for years. I was uh, married heterosexually, but I, I am a homosexual male and I want to be a power bottom. I want to be a size queen power bottom. I want people entering into me a big size, but how do I make that transition? Okay. I get in the power exchange with a dominant that is known to make that happen. And now, um, they're forcing me and I'm doing quotation fingers, well, yeah, that's, yeah. to do the thing that I really always wanted really to do and anyway. could have given myself permission if I had owned my own agency and autonomy. Yeah. And, and that word, there's that wonderful word, that word of agency, which is the other part of this, which I think people miss a lot, which is that you don't lose agency when you transfer authority. No, no. You know, you still have agency, which is important to the relationship. It's part of what what makes things work is that you both still maintain agency. We are in a consent-based relationship. Hell, this is a consent culture. This is how I explain it when people say, well, what is different um, about what you do than abusive uh, relationships? I said consent, you know. 
Luna tells a great story about um, the difference in our life and when it became clear to her that she still retains power, but she, she has given me authority. Um, in what we do, every action fulfills a need inside of us. Me having responsibility for her surrender fulfills me, and I consent to that. Her giving up my, uh, her surrender to me fulfills her, and she consents to that. She doesn't exactly always desire to have me have power over her, but she has given me the authority to make that decision. Luna, if you can give that, that, the cell phone story, and maybe that will give a little bit more definition to what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we were driving in a car. And again, I use this. I actually tell this story a lot in classes whenever I'm teaching um, to explain the very distinct difference between power and authority. Um, we were driving in a car. Um, the rule is that we don't text whenever we're driving and it's we're all so hooked to our phones that it's just an instinct it's natural for me to grab my phone i see the notification i see it light up i hear a ding whatever and i just grab my phone i don't even think about it and we were driving somewhere and he said put your phone down i put my phone in the in the little armrest i saw it light up we're at a stoplight i picked it up and he was like put your phone down I put it down again. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't even, I don't even realize I'm doing it. Well, I don't know, maybe two stoplights later, I picked up my phone again and he grabbed it out of my hand and threw it like with force. He was angry. He threw it in the floorboard of his side of the car. Now, did I have authority? No, did I have power to pick up my phone? Did I have power to pull the car over and gripe at him and yell at him and and all these things absolutely i pay for that phone i pay for the car it's my car it's in my name that phone is in my name i totally have the power to grab my phone to cuss him out to do all kinds of stuff but do i have the authority to do it i don't because i gave him authority over me I didn't give him my power to drive the car or to grab something. I, I maintain my own power, but I don't have the authority when I gave it to him. I gave him the authority, understanding that um, he has the responsibility of keeping us safe. He has the responsibility of enforcing the rules and the authority that he's been given. And that came with time. That doesn't just happen overnight. I didn't just say, oh, I really like you. You're, you're kind of hot. You want authority over me? I didn't say that. <laughs> like, it took a lot of time. And, and, you know, we like to say unpacking baggage and developing a relationship and getting to know each other. It took, it took years. It didn't happen overnight. And we built up this trust with each other to where it's, it's a no-brainer for me. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. I feel um, at peace knowing that he's got the responsibility for both of us. And so I always maintain my power. 
I just, I don't have the authority to do certain things because I gave it to him. And, you know, I, I talk about all of that in the sense of it, we had to build trust in each other, but before you can build trust in other people, you have to build trust in yourself mm-hmm. first. And also it, you have to understand that, um, what we do is not situational power exchange is situational. Mm-hmm. Um, in this situation, I choose to, uh, give power or allow power or afford power to someone else. I see that power over to another source. Authority transfer is, um, it is not situational. It is not fulfilling a lot of times. It's not the happy, feel good type of situation. It's, I really want to do this. However, this person says that I can't do that. And because it's important for me to maintain this uh, relationship and these positions of hierarchy, I'm going to forego what I want to do, even if that's sleep and someone else wants me to go get a drink of water or something that seems menial that they can do. Um, I'm going to forego my innate need for the moment to fulfill a contract that says I should go take care of someone else's innate need. Or it could also mean that I am going to upset other people because they have demands upon me. But the person I have given responsibility over my life says, I get to go to sleep now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other part of it, which is that, you know, most of the time when we talk about these things, people think about the the kind of fun bits, the romantic bits, the, you know, and um, and that's great. You know, I mean, we all like to, to think about the fantasy bits, but a lot of what we do is seen in the more subtle actions and is not the fun bits, as you say, you know, it's, it's, there's a bottom line that maintains a relationship that overall is fulfilling for both of us, but it's not, let's go play every day. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like the things that I get ordered to do most of the time are, you know, self-care and other care things, right? They're the boring things. They're the, you know, you're going to go lie down now while I make dinner because you've just worked this whole day and I know you're out of it. So you need to go and you need to be quiet and you need to not be on your phone and you just need to be laying down. You know, those are the kind of the boring things that in quotes that people think about. But that's the underpinning. Many relationships, partnerships, pairings, and dynamics fail once people move from uh, online or long distance into real time and in home or close proximity. Why? Because the quote unquote sexy stuff can be done a lot of times long distance. Um, I can ask you for um, four illicit videos a day. Um, two sultry, seductive stories about what we're going to do when we finally live together. Um, punishments or punishments that you enjoy based around the things that you like to do. Those are the things that I command you to do long distance. When I tell you to 
put the phone down, take a shower, um, have a cup of coffee. A thing that happened today, blow your nose. She was breathing. I could tell she was struggling breathing. I gave her my handkerchief, which was a flag. The slave in her says flags are not for blowing noses. Flags are for displaying what you do. I gave her my flag that says that I am into BDSM and S&M and gave it to her to blow her nose. She took it, looked at it, looked up and went to go and get a Kleenex. I said, blow your damn nose. She had to do something that she would normally do. Why? Because I said so. That was a command. It wasn't a request. Right. Um, That's not sexy. No. However, my inner sadist was definitely not sexy. Oh yeah, but but your inner sadist had fun with it. My inner sadist <laughs> had fun with the fact that she knows that she's breaching a protocol that you know flags are not for use for blowing noses. She knows that the redirection um, uh, is not something I'm into doing. I don't like giving second commands and. The look on her face, receiving it, the fact that she had to blow her nose on my command, on something she's not supposed to. Oh, my sadist was pleased with the small scene that happened very quickly like that. I got to play with my girl. She just had to deal with the fact that, oh, I'm sorry, predicament bondage too, because she had to blow her nose in front of me. And that's something she usually excuses herself to do. So all these different things were at play for me. I'm enjoying it. To her, that's not sexy. Right. But that is that is the responsibility I have as master. That's not that's in her nose is mine. If I want it out, it's coming out. She doesn't get to say, never mind. It's not important. It doesn't matter. Um, because all those thoughts are mine. When I see a look on her face, changing her affect, I want to know why, because those thoughts are mine. Um one thing that we have that's worked great, but was a lot of work. She doesn't, she's not allowed to have negative self-talk. Her inner monologue cannot be expressed verbally. I can tell when she's thinking it, we're working on that too, but you cannot say I'm so stupid. You don't get to talk shit about my girl. No one talks shit about my girl, not even you. So I protect her from her own inner thoughts because as, as you know, our inner monologue sometimes can have a great impact on how we shape our perception of self. You believe you're stupid eventually. And others pick that energy up. Mm-hmm. And they start saying you're stupid. Why? Because you say you're stupid. You know, you've been with you longer than I've been with you. So now I'm calling you stupid too. Why? Well, why do you call me stupid? You say it three times a day. Every day, day in, day out, you say, I'm so stupid. Oh, I can't do anything right. Gosh, I am ignorant. Oh, that was dumb of me. No, you don't get to talk crap about my girl. No one talks crap about my girl. Not even his girl. And that worked great because it showed that not only am I talking the talk about how I feel about her, I don't just feel good about her when she's doing something to me, for me, or around me. I feel good about her on the inside, the stuff that I can't see, the inner workings of the mind that society has programmed, that relationships have programmed, that she's programmed. No, 
I get to program all of that. And I'm going to program that to be productive, supportive, mutually empowering, and mutually enriching. That's hot. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's so because it's so um, because for some people that will seem so contrary to what their beliefs of what this looks like. Yeah. And, and it also, like. and it, and it, yeah. It also reinforces the strength of our relationship when we do things like heavy S&M. Yeah. If I'm constantly building you up and then in a scene, I say some disgusting, despicable, horrible things to you. It takes you out of the norm, but it also brings you back into reality at the same time because you know 350 days of the year. I don't address you that way. I'm not about that. So even in the midst of a despicable, deep, intimate, erotic, hurting, painful, sadistic scene, you know this is a scene. Why? Mm -hmm. Because this is 15 days out of the year. Mm -hmm. 15 times out of the year, we're doing this right here. 350 days of the year, I've told you how important, how strong, how powerful you are to me. So if I call you a filthy fucking cunt, it's because we're making a hot scene. It's not because I feel that way mm -hmm. or I believe that or that's what you are to me. And you know that. So that, that juxtaposition of reality, it can be like, oh, that's so hot. And it also can be like, <laughs> she has a habit of laughing sometimes. When I go too far into the, to, to the play or when I'm playing up for other people that have desires, they want to see a, a really brutal scene. Um, in a place that we don't normally do brutal scenes, she'll giggle. If it's funny to her, she'll, if, if I'm too far out of me and yeah. I'm like throwing her around and I'm grabbing her by her face and making sexy eyes at her while we play, which, cause it's not what we do. She'll giggle. So if I'm, if I'm topping her with S and M and she's giggling, people look at her like she's just this iron woman, like, did he just hit her with a whip and she laughed? Well, yes, yeah, she laughed because I said, get on the floor. And I called her by a name that is so not what we, 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 we call each other. And she just can't. So, okay. So he's, he's, I have to share this because it was really funny. Um, we go to, uh, uh, we go to a lot of events, but there's a local event that's really just for charity. And um, they raise thousands of dollars every year for lots of organizations um, and last year we went and there was a, a vendor there from a local, um, sex shop, sex shop. And they had a, they had like one of those foam black mattresses and they had this beautiful setup and everything with the straps, the Velcro straps and cuffs and stuff, yep. fun stuff, you know, very tame. And then they had this table with all these implements hurdy things and Allegedly. yeah and and bear in mind that this event is actually an an all-inclusive event where vanilla people come to this event right all the different communities converge into one event to raise money and so there's a there's a mishmash of people well there was a, we watched a whole bunch of people um, you know, vanilla people get strapped down with the Velcro cuffs and it was, it was like what you could take five, two minutes or five minutes of some implements and then you won something off the table. Right. Um, and 
I, I stood there with my mouth open on the ground, like from our perspective, we were like, did someone give consent for that? Did what the they, hell are what they? is going on? <laughs> oh my God, did she actually say that that person could do that to her? We were appalled. And they're touching her with their bare hands. What's right. going on? I thought it was about the toys. We were truly appalled for these people's safety. And then I don't know what happened. Did someone approach you about doing it? It was the end of the night and yeah. he had a bunch of stuff on the table. Leftover. And I was like, um, I, people obviously had not lasted five minutes. So I was like, um, I hadn't had an opportunity. Um, I had service top for charity. I had represented our leather community as uh, Colorado master. I had smoothed and hobnob and yada, yada, yada. And my girl looked really hot and I hadn't had a chance to play with my girl. So we had seen all of this non-consensual, marginally consensual stuff falderall and then i was like can i can i um can i give it a shot and the guy's like sure um you know opening up the cuffs i'm like i don't need no we don't do that um yeah i I, i'm like i'm not gonna cuff my girl you just like just stay still and he goes well he gives me the terms he says um uh well you're not gonna cuff her and i'm like She's held by my voice. Okay. She can stay still. She'll be fine. <laughs> no, no, quote unquote. I said, she's held by my voice. And he kind of looked at me. And then he looked at her again and he realized, okay, we're not just dressed for the event. And he gave me the expectation that, you know, if you do this for two minutes, you can, ha- if you can stand two minutes, you can have whatever you're beating her with, whatever, whatever. I said, how about this? If you can stand two minutes of me, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If you can't, I take everything that's on the table. And he goes, Oh no, I'm not getting up there over there. I said, okay, well, can I just play with my girl for a little while? He said, yes. So he gives me some stuff. He says, what do you want to use? And I go, no, I got my own. And I reached back and shoved into my leather pants underneath my leather vest. I pull out my black single tail. And now it got real and people start gathering around because no mind you luna's in she's in fishnets and leather skirt no i had no leather shorts really short leather shorts and her collar and she just looked like you know hot she just looked like a hot lady at you know in one of these events and i began by throwing her onto the bed which everybody's like, woo. And she's already smiling. Cause I don't, we don't do we rough don't do body. We got bad knees. We got old people bodies. So we <laughs> do not be doing rough body takedown stuff. But it was a big soft Sorry. bed. So I threw her into this comfy bed. And she bounced a couple of times and she's smiling. And I said, get up on all fours. And she gets up on all fours and she puts that took us out there. And I start popping her with a whip and it's sounding very loud cause it's leather on on a uh, single tail. She doesn't know that I know that, that uh, that's a, a, a thin uh, piece of leather that she was wearing. So she was thinking that I didn't know did that know. was hurting her. But I'm like, this is the only time we get to play. So we're doing a show, but I'm still trying to give you some. She was really given a show. And I had on some really thin lambskin um, shorts. Oh, so, you, so you're really feeling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was giving her, I was giving her cracks that I normally would warm her up with, but it's all on her butt, trying to get through the crotch of the shorts. 
to her lady parts because I wanted her to be turned on and I wanted her to stop smiling because we were supposed to be giving this hurdy hurdy thing and she's now giggling. Now I'm laughing hysterically, but I'm I'm down and my hair was all down so no one could see it. Well, he rolled me over and I'm laughing hysterically and everybody in the crowd goes, oh my God, she's laughing. And it was just hilarious. And then he's ripped, he ripped off my- I ripped her fishnets open. I mean, I was giving the show because i'm like i ripped her fishnets open and tore them open which made her laugh again because she knows i love fishnets i never tear her stockings because i love her in them but it was for the show and i was really paying attention to that other part of the scene everyone there and i climbed over her sultry and approached her face and i like slapped around a little bit softly which again made her laugh and while he did that i was in his ear going would you please pick a different tool pretty soon here because that hurts <laughs> so i'm laughing at her and then i'm doing the whole borderline you know strip tease on her and i flip her over again and i pull her up by her hair and the guy hands me another thing and i start beating her with it so we just did a mini scene mm-hmm. when we got done the guy's like I want you to be my mentor. I was like, well, you know, there's a site for that. And he's like, whatever you want, you can have it all. And I picked up, we ended up with like, we ended up with almost everything on the table, more lube than we ever were going to use. Um, a, a quasi quirt, this little thing that makes a lot of noise when you strike with it, but doesn't really hurt, which is great for performing. And something else. I don't know. We They were just shoving stuff. And I'm us. like, I don't want it. It's badly made. I'm not going to play with it. Oh, wait a minute. I can play with other people with it. Oh, yeah. Give it, give it, give it, give it. But the thing of it is, we gave the show. And we did things that made her seem like she's Iron Woman. And me sure that nobody there was going to talk to me because I was just this sick and sane. <laughs> you know, that's not Christian Grey. <laughs> We also we also showed like, you know, even though it was a blast and it was a show of, you know, performance ship, we also um, showed some aspects of uh, what it is we do in terms of consent too, because no yeah. one else was allowed to touch me. Right. And there were people that had been, you know, prior to that there were people in the audience like involving themselves in the scene and there and that was hugely like that's what i was shocked about and so i was like no one else he would never allow anyone else to do anything of course not yeah that would have been bad it would have been really bad throwing but, whip and have somebody reach towards my girl yeah no ow it can violate her consent that means i think that i could hit you on the arm with the whip yeah that's right really good <laughs> that, back, that back um yeah yeah no not much fun so you know, it was, it was really trying to also demonstrate not just the form performance ship, but also demonstrate that this is a thing that is consented to. If you lay down on this bed, you don't, A, you don't have to be cuffed down. You don't have to be put in. Right. You have to be forced in order to do this. You, you can actually. consent. That's right. And you need to give it with your whole being. Right. And then also that you can set the parameters of, even though this is some fun contest thing, no, I do not allow anyone else to participate in this. And I don't think that some of the people that had gone before me who just aren't living in this consentish, um, you know, our type of lifestyle, they really didn't even understand that they could say no to right. it because they were part of a contest. I'm like, right. no, you can say, you can set the parameters. This is your life. Right. Yeah. 
You guys, this has been absolutely wonderful. And I will have to have you back because there's about a hundred other topics I can think of that we can talk about. Um, but before, <laughs> before we end, can you tell people where to find you? Um, so you can find us pretty much anywhere. If you just type in the sun and his moon, we have the sun and his moon.com is our website on Facebook, Instagram. We are at the sun and his moon. And there's a whole nother story behind that. And we'd be happy to share that on another. No, please share that now. Oh, please share it now. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, We started long distance. Uh, We were across coasts from the East coast to Denver, Colorado. And uh, we, we likened to for the sun and his moon for several reasons. Uh, One, we were as far apart from each other as the sun and his moon. Uh, Number two, um, the moon has a lot more power than people give it credit for. It controls the tides of the, the ocean and I think that um, he likes to say that I control, I control his tides. I bring calmness to his world. And or she rises up my tides. I mean, she, <laughs> I was at a place when um when we met that you know I really didn't have a lot of passion for life. It was, it was not really working out for me relationship wise. Um, I was kind of conscribed to be a different kind of guy, and she kind of galvanized me. Um, she was more kink aware than I was. Mm -hmm. I I knew that I was quote unquote freaky in a vanilla sense. Like I do things that regular quote unquote people don't do. Um, But as far as kink, uh, BDSM or leather, I didn't know what that was. And she at least knew what it was. So her investigating, you know, her desires interest me and it galvanized me. And I went out in the community to learn so I say she controls my passions like the moon controls the tides. And I was the only one worthy of uh, leading her way. So I was the only sun in her sky. And I was the, she was the only moon in my sky. So the sun is visible in the day and I lead her in the day every day but she is the moon and the moon dictates what happens at night and my desire to be with her um really changed a lot of my behavior at night so we actually didn't get to meet one another physically very often so it was like an eclipse which Seems like last year happened all the damn time, but usually doesn't happen very often. And it's a very special occasion when it does. So the eclipse of the sun and the moon is actually our house's uh, icon. And when we, we travel, we'll say that, you know, it's a Santa Monica eclipse or it's the Las Vegas eclipse. That's one of the hashtags we use on uh, Instagram and other um, venues. But that whole sun moon thing we could do a whole podcast about the similarities or uh reflections the symbolism that we found even as far as her vanilla name um a variant of it in uh spanish is a moon goddess cool that is so cool (laughs) i love it 
I love that story. So I have put the links to their website and also to um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the podcast pages so you can find them there. Today we talked about authority exchange, uh, BDSM, and MS relationships. If you have any triggers or have any further questions, please do email me at drlauribeth at a to z of sex dot com. That's d r l o r i b e t h at a t o z o f s e x dot com. Thank you for joining me for the A to Z of Sex this week. Please write to me with suggestions for the show or questions you want answered at drlauribeth at a to z of sex dot com. Do follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, head over to https colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com and go to my contact page to click on my calendar and schedule directly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on iTunes and or Stitcher and join me next week for the letter B. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.